Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast today. Um, coming at you, as always, Bo and Brant. Today we are going to discuss our, fat, our big boy meal of the week. And uh, we're going to break down some big injuries that happened this week, unfortunately. And uh, we're going to get into um, unfortunate time of fantasy season as the bye weeks start. Uh, so we're going to discuss, discuss some... Brand, isn't there something that we need that needs to be talked about first? What you got? Uh, didn't uh, there wasn't there a battle of a couple fat boys in the uh, fantasy holics dynasty league this week? No need to discuss that. No need to discuss that. <laughs> okay. uh, I, I just I, there was a colossal clash. People may want to know why there was a, a, a massive earthquakes, <laughs> aftershocks. All over. two fat boys colliding this week. I, I, I just thought maybe we needed to. All right, I apologize. Get back to the, yeah. Get back yeah. to the we definitely broke the Richter scale with our big. Our big clash this weekend, and I will be man enough to admit it, you uh, stomped a mud hole in me um, as my wide receivers decided to hang a total of, I'm pretty sure it was 12 points between three of them. I just want the world to know Bailey Zappi beat you. That's Bailey Zappi did beat me. Bailey Zappi beat me. And we'll discuss how I feel about Bailey Zappi here in a little bit. Um, just keep him starting. Um, but... Um, yeah, we're going to break down our big boy meal of the week. We're going to talk about these disgusting bye weeks coming because it starts, it begins. Uh, nobody likes them in fantasy. Um, and then we're going to talk about some injuries, and we're going to talk about some waiver wire pickups that could really help you during these bye weeks or possibly move on further into the season. And then, as always, we're going to talk about the Thursday night football game, if that's what we're going to call it this Thursday. Um I'll let you uh, start us off with your appetizer on your big boy meal this week. Yeah, so my appetizer um, was the uh, matchup of, um, you know, one of the most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, and then on the other side of the ball was Josh Allen. Um, So (laughs) I had uh, Kenny Pickett in his NFL debut uh, and the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, traveling to Buffalo to play the Bills. Um, so this game didn't go at all according to plan for Kenny Pickett. Although it was nice to see he come in, he came in and threw the rock fifty-two times. Wow! Uh, Thirty-four completions, three hundred and twenty-seven yards, uh, zero touchdowns, one interception. On the ground, Najee Harris, <laughs> another very lackluster day. Eleven carries, twenty yards. Jalen Warren, five carries, twenty-four yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson still very much the target leader here with. Uh, uh, Kenny Pickett, 13 targets, five receptions, 60 yards. Uh, Chase Claypool, the next highest in targets with nine targets, five receptions, 50 yards. And then you had George Pickens rounding out the top three with eight targets, six receptions, 83 yards. Uh, so a whole, not a whole lot to write home about on the uh, the Steelers' side of the ball there. Uh, if you go to the Buffalo side, uh, Josh Allen had a fantastic day. Josh Allen had such a good day that Keenan, uh, Case Keenum came in and was able to throw passes as well. Um, so Josh Allen completed 20 out of 31 for 424 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, added five carries for 42 yards on the ground. Uh, Devin, Singletary, Devin Singletary had six carries for 42 yards. James Cook had four carries, 31 yards, and one touchdown, uh, kind of to salt the game away there at the end. Uh, and then you had Gabe Davis with just the most – I almost want to call this just like the almost perfect Gabe Davis stat line. He had six targets, three receptions, 171 yards, uh, and two touchdowns. So uh, 
you know, he had a he had a 66% chance of catching a ball in the end zone, basically, with those numbers. Uh, Stephon Diggs had 11 targets, eight receptions, 102 yards, one touchdown. And what is it here? Let me see. Uh, Khalil Shakir had five targets, three receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So a very good day if you were a Buffalo Bills fan, not so much if you were a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, throwing the ball 52 times for Mr. Kenny Pickett, you'd think he would have found the end zone a couple times. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good numbers to see for those wideouts there and their target share. Um, unfortunately, I grabbed my appetizer as the game that was on our TV on Fox and um, of the Bears and Vikings. It was not much of a uh, fun game to watch. Um, Kirk Cousins looked like the 12 o'clock uh, early in the day football, Kirk Cousins, where he did just fine, uh, 32 of 41 for 296 yards, one touchdown, one interception, and Dalvin Cook is back. He showed out that he came out and uh, had 18 carries for 94 yards, two rushing touchdowns, two receptions for 27 yards. Cook came back and showed why he is uh, was projected to be one of the top five running backs in uh, in fantasy football. Um, definitely looked very good this week. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Justin Jefferson did um, exactly what Jefferson does. Um, he had 12 receptions for 154 yards. Um, and so he got back on tr- on track um, as the uh, number one target getter, number one rece- receiving leader there for uh, Minnesota. Um, and as for the Bears, um, Justin Fields only threw the ball 21 times. He completed a 15 for 208 yards and a single touchdown. He rushed eight times for 47 yards. Um, Montgomery returned to action. He saw 12 carries for 20 yards and four receptions for 62 yards. Um uh, Darnell Mooney made an amazing catch um, as that showed how great the accuracy of is of Justin Fields. Uh, Mooney did make an amazing catch in the um, first half, um, and that was about all there was to write about for the uh, wide receivers there in um, Chicago. Uh, Vallis Jones Jr. did get his first touchdown um, in his young rookie season, um, but there is nothing that I trust really in that Chicago offense. Um, and Monty is um, a guy that I'm going to pay attention to as he as he works his way back from this injury. I just don't know how much I can trust in that Bears offense. Absolutely, it's definitely a putrid offense right now. When you uh, one that you almost cringe if you're if you're starting anybody in for yes. sure. Um, I'm gonna spick skip. Excuse me, words are eluding me. My main course right now because it gives me such a bad taste in my mouth that I got to go straight to my dessert and get something a little sweeter in here. So uh, my dessert, I have the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Carolina to play the uh, <coughs> the Panthers. Uh, Jimmy G on the 49ers side had 253 yards, two touchdowns. Jeff Wilson led the way on the ground, 17 carries. 120 yards and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman also was able to, to, to sneak in there, 8 for 23 with one touchdown. Uh, then you had uh, uh, Debo Samuel, the leading target guy, nine targets, only two receptions, 20 yards and a touchdown. Tevin Coleman had another touchdown through the air, three receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. George Kittle, more, much more of a George Kittle week this week, six targets, five receptions, 47 yards. And Brandon Ayuk had four targets, three receptions, 58 yards. On the Panthers' side of the ball, you had uh, 
Baker Mayfield, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit more here in just a second, but he came up lame in this game. Uh, but prior to, he had uh, 20 completions, 215 yards for an interception. Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries, 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, DJ Moore uh, had a carry for eight yards as well. Um, Christian McCaffrey, very much something you want to see there. 12 targets. Uh, in the passing game for seven receptions, 50 yards. DJ Moore, eight targets, four uh, receptions for 59 yards. And Shai Smith had five targets, four receptions for 69 yards. Um, definitely worth noting that Matt Rule did get fired this week, uh, no longer the uh, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, as well as Baker Mayfield's projected to miss some time. I know we'll get into that just a little bit later here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's it's uh, going to be uh, interesting to watch the Carolina offense and team move forward without Matt Rule and possibly uh, without Baker for a few weeks. Um, like you said, we'll talk about that here just a little bit. Uh, my main course, and this was a fun game to watch, was the uh, Chargers versus the Browns. Um, a little back and forth uh, scoring game. Um, we'll just jump straight into uh, the Browns. Jacoby Brissett went 21-34 for 230 yards and a touchdown and one interception. Uh, Nick Chubb um, showed why Nick Chubb is is uh, one of the most um, underrated running backs, honestly, in the NFL. Um, you know, he slides almost every year in drafts, which is um, starting to, you know, elude people. Um, he had 17 carries for 134 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt also added a touchdown on the ground with 47 yards. And then let's go over here to the pass catchers. David Njoku, another great game for him. I know we saw him uh, post a dud, I believe it was last week. Um, this week he went six receptions, 88 yards. Amari Cooper got back on track, seven receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. This is the one that really stuck out to me was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he had... Um, Four receptions for 50 yards. Um, he definitely was getting involved in the pass game. Um, I know he had several more targets than just the four. Um, he saw seven seven targets total. So definitely getting involved in the passing game was, was good to see uh, Peoples-Jones. Um, and then let's jump over to the um, Charger side of the ball. Justin Herbert did Justin Herbert things, minus he only had – I mean, he did only have one touchdown, but he won 22 or 34 for 228 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler returned to his fantasy dominance that we saw last year and and um, we're starting to see again. 16 carries, 173 yards and a touchdown. Joshua Kelly did add another score and had uh, 10 carries for 49 yards. Um and then Sony Michelle faded back in. Uh, he only saw one carry, uh, got zero yards out of that. Mike Williams showed why he is the dominant alpha wide receiver when Keenan Allen is out with 10 receptions, 134 yards. And then Austin Eckler added another four receptions, 26 yards, and another touchdown. So a great day for both Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Um, Gerald Everett was a disappointment with um, only one reception and two yards. I know a lot of people were hyping up as one of the biggest, you know, um, waiver pickups, but he definitely did not live up to that. Um, so I, I said I was skipping my main course, and I really sat here and thought about the fact that I don't want to talk about how Jerome Booger is the worst uh, official in NFL history for too, too long here. Beat on that. Uh, Horrible. About, about Horrible. How, about how he screwed my Falcons out of a win and how everybody protects Tom Brady. I'm not getting on that soapbox right now. So we'll just go through the stats and we'll move on, rip it off like a Band-Aid. Uh, so Marcus Mariota, another like just amazing day from him, 14 <laughs> completions, 147 yards for one touchdown. 
Um, Marcus Mariota added seven carries for 61 yards on the ground. Tyler Algier led the way out of the actual running backs with 13 attempts for 45 yards. Caleb Huntley, another guy that was high on the waivers last week, eight attempts for 34 yards. Um, leading the way through the air, Drake London had seven targets, four receptions for 35 yards. Almeida Zacchaeus had four targets, two receptions, 39 yards, and a touchdown. And Kaderil Hodge had five targets, three receptions, 33 yards. On the other side of the ball, pretty much a get-right game for the Tampa Bay offensively uh, in the first half of the win, the very least. They didn't score a whole lot after. But Tom Brady, 35 out of 52 for 351 yards, one touchdown. Leonard Fournette, 14 carries, 56 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Rashad White, the rookie there, was also able to add five attempts for 14 yards on the ground. Leonard Fournette led the way through the pass catching, 11 targets, 10 receptions, 83 yards, and another touchdown. Mike Evans, eight uh, targets, four receptions, 80, uh, 81 yards. Chris Godwin caught all six of his passes thrown his way, uh, 61 yards there for him. And then Cade Otten kind of had his breakout a little bit. Seven targets, six receptions, 43 yards. So maybe the rookie's starting to take that Gronk roll over there in Tampa Bay. Yeah, absolutely. That was an absolute horrendous call. I That's all I'm going to say about it is my TV switched to that game and I got to see that one and that was disgusting um, and unfortunate for your Falcons. Um, so I'm going to... Very much so. I'm going to jump over into... Um, my dessert, which is my uh, Seahawks playing New Orleans. And if you listen to the Fat Boys Live on Sunday, I gave you two sneaky tight end starts this week and uh, said Taysom Hill and Adam Troutman. I know, both gross names. Troutman did score a touchdown, so he did all right if you had to sneaky start him. Now, as for Taysom Hill, um, he completely demolished the Seahawks. Uh, He went one for one for 22 yards and a touchdown in passing. He had nine carries, 112 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, For a tight end, he did all that without seeing a single target in this game. Um, So, uh, Taysom Hill uh, definitely dominated that game. Um, It was good to uh, see Andy Dalton had six, it went 16 for 24, 187 yards, a touchdown and interception uh, by one of our rookie uh, young guys uh, back there in our secondary. I'll talk about that later. Um, and uh, for as for rushing, Alvin Kamara, 23 carries, 103 yards, 4.5 yards per carry. Unfortunately, for any Alvin Kamara owners, I know how you feel um, and what you really want to say to Taysom Hill, but we cannot say that on this show, what most people would like to say to Taysom Hill. Um, Alvin Kamara also added uh, six receptions and 91 yards. Uh, Chris Olave was having himself a pretty good day with four receptions, 54 yards, and a touchdown prior to getting banged up and knocked out of that game. Um so, uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, did not beat us. Taysom Hill definitely demolished us. Um, as for the Seahawks side of the ball, I'm going to skip the quarterback for a minute because this is just gross to me. I was not on this bandwagon. Um, but let's get into the rushing attack. Rashad Penny saw eight carries, 50, 54 yards. He did not find the end zone. Kenneth Walker did. He had eight, eight carries for 88 yards. He did rip off a 69-yard touchdown. Um, but he looked very, very good. Um, as for the pass catchers there in uh, Seattle, we saw Tyler Lockett with five receptions, 104 yards, two touchdown. The yearly breakout game of Tyler Lockett. And um, then we also saw uh, DK Metcalf with five receptions, 88 yards, and another touchdown. 
And as for Mr. Geno Smith, could possibly be one of the biggest. MVP. MVP. <laughs> could be one of the biggest sleeper quarterbacks um, in fantasy. He went 16 of 25, 268 yards and three touchdowns, um, spreading the ball out very nicely. This could possibly have been, let me go back through these real fast. This is possibly the um, first game this season that Seattle has not thrown a touchdown to a tight end. So that was good to see him, you know, spread out the love to the wide receivers every once in a while so uh, as we roll straight in to uh, talking about some injuries uh, Rashad Penny unfortunately uh, got banged up and will be out for the year um, so he'll be missing some time um, and I also know that uh, James Connor and Williams there in the Atlanta backfield uh, got a little banged up. Arizona and, backfield. Arizona, yes, yeah, sorry. Arizona backfield. And apparently those injuries are looking a little more severe than um, what was put out at first. James Connors, they actually think they avoided the worst with his ribs. They they think there's still a good chance he plays this weekend. Okay. Okay, so those were big uh, big uh, running back injuries to see this week. Um, I know you had one or two that you wanted to talk about also. Yeah, you know, the biggest the biggest one for me uh, is uh, what happened in Carolina with Baker Mayfield. Uh, high ankle sprain. We all know for a mobile quarterback that's going to be uh, sideline him for, for a few weeks at the very least. Um, good news is he was able to uh, avoid surgery on his ankle, but at the very least he's going to have to be sidelined for a couple weeks. A lot of people thought maybe that Sam Darnold would get his cracks in, but it seems like it's going to be P.J. Walker. Um, again, new head coach, so we'll, we'll wait, or interim coach. So we'll wait and see what that offense looks like. But, you know, D.J. Moore owners and, and Christian McCaffrey owners are probably doing a little bit of a rejoicing, not at the Baker injury as much as the uh, Matt Rule firing. So that's definitely something to keep your eye on. Uh, and then, Brant, I know that um, – you know, not all of this pertains just to Dynasty, but for Dynasty purposes, what are we doing with Rashad Penny at this point? This is a contract year for him. Um, he did have surgery on his on his uh, fractured fibula, and he is going to miss upwards of four months. Um, so that takes us right on through the season. So what are we doing? What What are you doing with Rashad Penny in Dynasty? Is he just a stash and hold at this point? Is he? Um, do I trade him to the Kenneth Walker owner for in, for insurance on Kenneth Walker? And the, I mean, what are you what are you doing with with Rashad Penny right now? If you can trade him to the Kenneth Walker owner, um, I would try to trade him. I don't know how much you're really going to get for him. Yeah, there can't be a whole lot of value. Yeah, um, honestly, he is a uh, stash on my IR as soon as Seattle officially places him on that, which I assume they're going to. Uh, uh, it's a stash on my IR when he does play. He does have the potential to hang up some good RB1 numbers. Um, so I'm going to stash him on my R and I'm going to hold on and uh, hope that he gets a ch another chance somewhere. Um, but it, this is just showing that he can never be trusted as your number one go-to guy in, in your backfield. He just can't stay healthy, and that's unfortunate for for um, for Rashad Penny. So I'm probably stashing him. I don't see him coming back to Seattle. Um, they, they used a second-round draft pick on Kenneth Walker, and they still have uh, DJ Dallas under contract for a couple more years as well. Certainly. One last thing I really want to add about this injury is uh, it seems to be the year of concussions again. I know uh, um, definitely it puts a little more things into the spotlight when we see what happened to Tua happen on, on you know national television and, and things of that nature. But um, I, I, I foresee the concussions being a big deal again this year, and rightfully so. They should be. You don't want to see anybody out there, you know, you know, suffering permanent. Um, 
injuries, you know, playing football. But uh, definitely something to keep your eye on monitoring. If your guy, one of your guys on your fantasy team leaves a game, um, you know, whatever the case may be for head injury, just be mindful that there's a good chance you're going to be without them the next week. So definitely something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's unfortunate with, uh, you know, the head injuries and, and the new protocol that they're starting to put in place that pretty much if you go out for a concussion protocol, you're not coming back in. And you're, you're probably missing some time as well. Certainly, yeah. Definitely going to have some guys hanging some low points on some weeks, but uh, um, it's just something we're going to all have to get used to at this point. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's jump into these uh, bye weeks that nobody wants to talk about, nobody really wants to look at, but we definitely have to discuss. Um, one of the big ones uh, this week is the uh, Detroit Lions, um, one of the top offenses. They are on bye week. Um, so you'll be without uh, St. Brown, who uh, this week he came back from injury. He did only see 32% of the snaps. So if you're a St. Brown owner, don't be too worried about it. I assume him to get back to full form. Um, as they come out of that bye week. And another name that um, you guys may be able to pick up and stash, don't know, um, he is only owned in 45% of leagues, is Josh Reynolds. And over the last four weeks, he has had 14 points, 18 points, 23 points, and 18 points. Um, so he definitely has been um, a fantasy-relevant wide receiver. Um, right now he is uh, the wide receiver 23 and still owned in less than 50% of leagues. But you will be without him this week, so this may be a good chance for you guys to slide in and um, steal him off waivers if people aren't thinking about him because he's definitely not going to be up there. Then you'll be missing DeAndre Swift still, which is, you know, unfortunate. He has missed the past couple weeks. Um, TJ Hawkinson will be out also. And uh, Jared Goff, who may have laid a dud this week, has definitely been a guy that's had some fantasy relevancy. So if you own any of those guys, make sure you're looking to those waivers to help pivot. And uh, we'll, we'll jump into some waivers to help you out here in just a minute. Yeah, another another big one that has a lot of implications is the Las Vegas Raiders um, without uh, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, uh, Hunter Renfro. Those guys will all be on a bye week this week, uh, which coincidentally may be a good thing because it may let Devontae uh, Adams' uh, little mishap with the uh, media member at the, the end of that game blow over a little bit uh, potentially. Um, so you, you got the Raiders out this week as well. Yeah, another team that um, is out this week is the uh, Tennessee Titans. So you'll be without Derrick Henry, and um, that might be the only name in that offense that you really got to pivot off of. Uh, obviously, Burks will get another week to get healthy. I do know he went to the IR, but there's there's not much to write home about in that Tennessee team at all. Yeah, and the last one is uh, the Texans have a bye week, but only because the uh, Damian Pierce hype train needs to get more gasoline, some more fuel to get back on track again here. Uh, so you're going to be without Brandon Cooks and and uh, Damian Pierce uh, this week uh, because the Houston Texans are also on a bye week. But, Brent, as you mentioned, we've got people covered. You're going to be missing these guys. You can't play them this week. you got to have other guys you can plug in and play. So let's talk go right into these waivers that we've got here. Um, biggest name on waivers, I'm sure you can agree with me. Um, yes, he is owned in 59% of sleeper leagues, but he's still out there in 40% of them. You need to go look is Kenneth Walker. He is guaranteed to be the number one in Seattle's offense. He's going to get the full workload. He looks really good. And I'll tell you, I'll be the first one to say, you and me discuss this, I did not see Walker 
as being an immediate impact in this offense. But um, after watching him run this week and breaking off that 69-yard run and also the way he's patient with the holes, this is a man that could really, really change a lot of fantasy teams. And now he's getting the chance to see the workload. You need to go out and you need to look and see if he's on waivers for you. Absolutely. If he's available, if the only way he should be available is if it's a very short league, whether it be an eight-man league or you know a ten-man league with a very short bench, this guy should be absolutely rostered, should be owned, uh, and and moving forward should definitely be a guy that is acquired. Um, you know, another one from the running back room that I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, this guy's a little bit more owned than Kenneth Walker, which again is uh, insane to me. Uh, but it's Jarek McKinnon and. You know, Jarek McKinnon is rostered in about 64% of, of sleeper leagues, um, which is is pretty good at this point considering as he's been leading the backfield in, in uh, uh, targets and snap share just about uh, every other week, uh, it seems. This week he had 53% of the snaps again, uh, eight carries, 52 or 53 yards, three targets, two receptions, 19 yards. So definitely a guy that the Chiefs are, are utilizing, and I know – um, that you know, if, if you're one of those guys who just looks at final numbers and not how the game rolls out, obviously CEH is the guy there. Um, but CEH has been the beneficiary of some very, very good plays at the right time. Um, so Jarek McKinnon's definitely a guy. I think that uh, if you're really desperate at running back, or maybe perhaps you're the CEH owner and you want that insurance, Jerk McKinnon's a guy I think should be rostered. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should. And another guy that another guy in the running back core is. Um, He's only owned in 16% of the league is Eno Benjamin. We know James Conner gets banged up quite a bit. We've seen him miss a time in almost every year of his career. He's banged up right now. Um, as you saw that he, or as you said, he may not miss time. But Eno Benjamin's only owned in 16% of the league. And um, he's going to slide into that number two role if Williams misses any time. Um, he saw 54% of the snaps this week. Um, obviously with them banged up. Had 16 fantasy points. Um, he had four, re- uh, four targets, three receptions. Uh, and he also toted the ball eight times for 25 yards and a touchdown. So Eno, ben- Eno Benjamin's a guy that, that I would definitely be stashing on some of my benches um, in, in deeper leagues in case uh, in case of injury or if I need to plug him in possibly this week, he could see um, some uh, carries and um, I may be wrong, but I do believe they play Seattle this week and we all know how much we love to give up rushing yards to um, anyone that wants to run the ball on us. Well, yeah, you got to give let the other team score a bunch. Otherwise, Geno doesn't get to throw and you know solidify his MVP case. So I, well, I he's I, I see what Pete's thinking there. He's up for his second FedEx Air Player of the Week. Guys, go vote for Mister Geno Smith, please. I mean, let's give Seattle something to hang our hat on, please. <laughs> if he if he beats either Mahomes or Josh Allen this week, somebody needs to be slapped. But yes, he's having a very 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 good season, and I hope it continues because then you guys won't draft a quarterback this year. Anyway, moving right along <laughs> uh, to the wide receiver position, the first guy I want to talk about is uh, a guy that's only rostered in forty nine percent of leagues right now, uh, and that's Alec Pierce, the rookie out of Cincinnati that got drafted to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the last three weeks, this guy's uh, snap share and target share have started to go up quite a bit. Um, he, he went in week three at five targets for 61 yards on three receptions. Week four, he had four receptions on six targets, 80 yards. And this week, he had nine targets, eight receptions, 81 yards on that dreadful Thursday night game last week against the uh, 
uh, Denver Broncos. But this is a guy that's definitely starting to gain the trust of Matt Ryan, definitely starting to get in a flow with Matt Ryan. Um, and, and with him being owned in less than 50% of leagues right now, this is a guy that I think, um, especially the way we're seeing it go this year with running backs to really not mean it a whole lot, uh, unless you happen to have one of like the five guys that are consistently doing it. Um, Alec Pierce could help out at that wide receiver position if you were somebody who went running back heavy and, and your running backs aren't help or uh, aren't contributing the way you thought they would at this point. Alec Pierce is probably my favorite waiver claim of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and to stick with the wide receivers, um, I'm going to talk about a guy there. And unfortunately, the two guys that I have are actually bye week guys. I just realized that they're both on buys this week. Um, is uh, Nico Collins for um, the Houston Texans. Um he, he doesn't help this week. Yeah, he does not help this week, but this guy... But he this, should be cheap. Yeah, he should be cheap, easy to get. His snap share has gone up every single week. We know Houston's going to play from behind, um, and he's only rostered in 23% of leagues. This is a guy the last two weeks, he's had 13 and 12 fantasy points, seeing five and six targets. He's a deep ball threat there in Houston, um, and like I said, he doesn't help very much this week, but this is a guy that you guys can go out and pull, pull up real quick and uh, possibly steal... Rather than wasting your waiver claim, you could possibly steal after the waivers run. Yeah, I got a, I got another wide receiver here that's uh, owned in about sixty one percent of leagues right now, so just over half. Uh, and this is a guy that I think when he comes back from injury is going to be a massive, massive upgrade to his offense. And that's Wondell Robinson, the rookie wide receiver in the, for the New York Football Giants. Um, those of us who watched that game and are still uh, kind of struggling with how the Giants beat the uh, uh, beat the uh, Packers, it, it was a lot of Saquon Barkley and a lot of just randomness out of the out of the wide receiver pool. You had no Kenny Galladay, which most of us didn't even know he was still playing. Um, I did. You know, Dar- Darius Slayton, a blast from the past there with uh, with some usage. You know, you're missing you know Sterling Shepard for the year, and, and Kadarius Tony's been banged up too. But one day Robinson's a guy that this uh, this team you know they wanted, they drafted him, and he was on the field for the first nine offensive snaps in a row of the game of week one prior to him getting this injury picked up. So I look for the, him when he gets back in. Uh, to being a guy that's going to be utilized early and often. And, again, with him not being rostered uh, in, you know, over 40% of leagues or just under 40% of leagues, if he's out there, this is another one. Um, he could be the one beat Alec Pierce for me. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I had to do a little pivot here, but I did find my other guy that I'm going to talk about and it could possibly help you this week. He is uh, rostered in um, – 39% of leagues is uh, Rondell Moore out of the Arizona Cardinals. Coming back, he did miss the first three weeks with injury. Um, his first week back, he started off real slow, five targets, three receptions. He only had three fantasy points. But this week he played 91% of the snaps, had eight targets, seven receptions, and had 15 fantasy points here. This is a guy right last year that we saw boom quite a bit. He is a great slot wide receiver. And um, he'll be the beneficiary of um, the coverage going towards Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins when he returns. And this guy could see a lot of yak yak chances. And and he's a very boom play that you can get. And he's also a very, in my mind, he was a very safe play because he saw plenty of targets last year in an offense that um, is uh, very bright when they're, clicking on all cylinders and they they did this week they looked really decent this week so this is a guy that you can go pull off waivers and uh probably plug straight into your uh flex spot 
Yeah, he, he definitely is another guy that if you can get him and play him this week, it'd probably be great before uh, again before DeAndre Hopkins gets back off of his suspension and, and gets back into the flow of things there, too. I think that's a guy that uh, could be a very sneaky play even after that. So definitely one to watch. So, Brian, uh, to, to, to run along with our segment that we've been doing here in the last couple of weeks, talking about these incoming um, you know rookies next year, um, you know, one I want to talk about it, this week, it was our tight end position. I'm, I'm going with somebody who I thought was uh, was kind of interesting when I started looking into this guy a little bit. He's a four-year starter uh, for the University of Utah from the Utes. Uh, this is Brant Cuthy. He's a six foot two, 219-pound senior there. Um, and over his career, he's just been Mr. Trustworthy for the Utes. He's had 148 receptions. 1,882 uh, receptions, averages 12.7 yards per catch, uh, and has had added 16 touchdowns uh, as well in, in his career for the youths. I think this is a guy that's going to come in. He's probably not going to be an immediate impact in the NFL. He's not going to be uh, – well, I don't even really want to compare him to Kyle Pitts because – Kyle Pitts has done nothing this year, um, but this could be a guy very similar to what you know what you see with Pat Fearmuth. That you know the first couple of weeks it takes him a little bit, and then he starts becoming you know Mister Dependable around the red zone for one of these teams. So uh, you know, definitely a name to keep your eye on if you, if you are in a dynasty that that uh, you need a tight end potentially, or if, if you're in a redraft and you don't like uh, get if you don't get one of those big tight ends, you wait till later. Maybe this is a guy you look at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the tight end that I got is a guy that, that I have talked about for the last two years. Um, he's a guy that I'm really excited to watch. I've watched him in college. Um, this college has produced a lot of pro tight ends. Um, I don't want to say great pro tight ends. Is uh, Michael Mayer? They're out of Notre Dame um, from Independence, Kentucky. Six foot four, two hundred and sixty-five pounds. He's a junior. Um, his stats this year: thirty-three receptions, three hundred fifty-one yards, five touchdowns. Um, uh, last season, he had seventy-one receptions, eight hundred forty yards, and seven touchdowns. So he's already on pace to. Uh, probably do a lot better this year than he did last year um but one thing i want to talk about is is how much he's relied on in the offense there over the last few games as um, notre dame has tried to get back on track after um starting abysmal this year um in case you guys don't know i am a notre dame fan and uh losing to marshall made me cry even more um but this past week they played number 16 byu he had 11 receptions 118 yards and two touchdowns um they definitely lean on him to help get that game going he's a guy that that has no problem staying in and blocking so that's going to help him get on the nfl field even quicker but he's also a guy that he's gonna he's he's a great uh block and release guy um get those quick ones run over people he's a he's a big guy and he's a guy that i do see making an um semi-immediate impact for an NFL team. Now, fantasy-wise, once again, we talk about this all the time. Sometimes you got to sit and wait on your tight ends. This is a guy that I definitely am going to have zero problem sitting and waiting on. Um, a lot of people have him as the number one tight end coming out of college this year. Fair enough, fair enough. So, that brings us into kind of our last thing this week, Brant, and I, I know I, I do we have to? look on your face. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, we probably do. Um, we do have a uh, Thursday night game this week, I guess, um, featuring two, um, well, ones, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it's it's the Bears and the Commanders. Right? You can't, I can't even say this and, and make it sound sexy. Like, this is just like laundry's done, wife comes out wearing, you know, some, some old cotton grannies. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's still football at the end of the day. We're all still going to watch it. Um, 
And, uh, it, you know, it, can we see Justin Fields throw the ball 20 times? I don't know. Um, what are we going to see out of Carson Wentz? I mean, I just – not a game that I'm excited for, but, you know, everybody's going to tune in and watch it. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. Um, but you do have some fantasy relevancy in there. You want to see what David Montgomery does on his on a short week coming back from injury. Um, obviously, if, if you're in a super flex and you have to start Justin Fields, uh, then you're going to definitely be tuning in um, to see what he does. Hopefully, Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet have games similar to what they did this week. I know uh, a lot of people put a lot of stock into them this year, so definitely hoping for something out of that. And then on the other side of the ball, I'll let you take the commanders away. I don't really want to. Uh, the commanders. Yeah, I, can, I could only handle talking about one of the two of them. So. We'll, uh, we'll see if the commanders can right the ship there. Uh, they have some great pass catchers. I know Dotson missed last week um but yeah they've got Dotson and Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel and then um I'm I'm actually going to tune into this game because I'd like to see how Brian Robinson looks I did not get a chance to watch that game this week very closely um so I'm actually excited to um get a chance to see how that uh offense runs with both of them um in the backfield with him and um drawing a blank here um Antonio Gibson thank you Gibson cannot yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting because uh, Ron Rivera. I don't know if you saw any of the tidbits of his uh, his interviews. They kind of asked him, you know, why the NFC East was so good and the other teams were so much better than him. And he blatantly said it was quarterback is the yeah. reason the other teams are better. So uh, definitely taking a shot at his quarterback. Maybe it was to try to light a fire. So we'll see about that. And then um, another thing that he said that was really interesting is is uh, that it, that with the reemergence of uh, Brian Robinson being healthy and being back they could see Antonio Gibson moving back into that uh, return role that they had uh, cleared out for him at the camp so definitely interesting to see if uh, that means that uh, it's all Brian Robinson's backfield with J.D. McKissick getting passing work and Antonio Gibson's faded out or uh, we'll see I definitely don't think I'd be starting Antonio Gibson this week on Thursday Night Football if I could avoid it Um, if I do have I, I, I don't know if I'm starting either one of those running backs I, yeah, I probably don't want to start Brian Robinson either, but I don't want to go into this week with any expectations of Antonio Gibson doing anything. But if I do have to play anybody in this game, Brent, where am I playing them? Uh, not in your flex. You not make sure flex. you get them out of your flex, and I apologize if you have to play pretty much anybody outside of Montgomery in this game. Um, it is noteworthy that um, Brian Robinson saw only 3% less snaps than Antonio Gibson this week. 32% for Gibson, 29 for Robinson. But Brian Robinson did outcarry him by six carries during that time. Um, and so that is that is very noteworthy there that, that already his first game back from his unfortunate accident, Brian Robinson is already stepping back into the lead guy getting the carries. Absolutely. So, yes, we do have Thursday Night Football, even if it's not appealing. We'll all be tuned in looking forward to, to having football. You know, that, that break from Monday to, to, to Thursday is just a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll all be tuned in. Um, and after you get through that Thursday night game, as you're sitting there trying to tinker with your lineups Friday, Saturday, and uh, into Sunday mornings, make sure you jump in with the Fat Boys. Uh, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time again, as, as always. 
join in with us. There's no early football on this weekend, so if you if you're looking for some uh, free cheap entertainment, come look at these uh, two fat guys lick their lips talking about football and uh, and uh, food. So uh, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time on on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, we'll be diving into those games uh, very deeply this week. Uh, shouldn't have any uh, distractions in the background with uh, early football because uh, we did. Uh, we did have a good, uh, good, um, a good game on with the Giants and Packers this week, getting uh, distractions. Um, and as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.